Hello and welcome to another episode of the Trapped Offside Podcast. I'm Safan Jair, alongside Abdurrahman Khalifa, as usual. And today I'd like to welcome a special guest on our show, Slavomir Moralski. Some of you may already be familiar with Slavomir through his football analysis that he's regularly posting on his social media pages titled Mind Footballness. For those of you that don't know him, Slavomir is currently working as a performance analyst for FCRL, who are making a run for promotion into the first division of Switzerland. He has over a decade's experience working for different clubs and broadcasting companies. Slavomir's work often revolves around football intelligence and the cognitive ability of footballers. He's recently obtained his UEFA A coaching license with a thesis on the subject that is now published as an ebook. Slavic, there's not a lot of content available to the general public on what goes on behind the scenes in terms of coaching and whatnot. So I think a lot of people, including myself, will be really interested to hear what exactly you do. Could you tell us a bit about that? Well, if I can go back a little bit to the to the starting point, my main idea was to expose a little bit more the intellectual aspects of, of the game of football. Yeah. So what actually is preceding every technical execution on the pitch that is clearly visible for everyone. And then actually you come to understand that since the football is a, is a team play, is a collective game, Everything that is happening has a time and space dimension. So the technical aspect as itself, as an independent factor, doesn't exist because everything that's happening is happening to the reference or with the relationship to, to the space opponent, teammate. The goal you want to achieve and your intention as a player that stands behind every action. So we call it more like a technical tactical executions and this cognitive approach this cognitive aspect is is something that i was trying to find how can i express how can i point these details and actually how how can i use the the video analysis as a tool to improve the perceiving um, cognition process and uh, decision making uh, and naturally, of course, my main duties are also opposition analysis, performance analysis. But the most important factor for me is uh, individual work with the players, how actually they decide when playing the football. So understanding the intention and as it goes further, the identity of the player, what's your identity as a player, what do you want to express and in relation to which factors. For me, it's what separates the good from the best players and the small details very often can be a really big factor in, in, in the quality aspect of people. Yeah. So when you talk about working on individual players, how do you go about highlighting the aspects that say need improving is that through watching them live or do you go over footage or do you look at statistics actually for me personally statistics as pure numbers themselves can create the value and give you the information only when we put them into the proper context of the football situation 
yeah. everything that's happening create the value. But if we want to work on something and if we want to change, first of all, we need to understand it. So understanding is mostly possible if we if we perceive the context and understand the conditions that these numbers are taking place in. Yeah. So basically, if I, if I can just mention. Since I created this project that is called My Footballness, and I started to share my thoughts with the audience, with the football environment on the internet, online, with the social media, I, I always try to go from the bigger picture, it's like a collective tactical principles, but going through the group up tactical principles up to the individual ones. And these individuals are conditioned very strongly by by what I call the football intelligence. It's mostly the, the cognitive process that is going from recognizing the outer factor, comparing it more or less consciously or not with the memory, and then we, with the understanding and uh, wanting to express my intention, my identity, I can, I can make the decisions. So I, I clearly see that throughout this, since then 2017, when I started up to this date, there, there have been a big improvement, a big step forward in, in the tactical and the coaching approach about this, this cognitive, this intellectual aspects of the game. And I think it, it's, it's really good to see that, uh, not only online, but in the clubs that I've been through uh, up to these years, uh, I noticed that people try to put more and more attention into these aspects of football development. I wanted to do in on something. I think from an agent side of things, I've really realized just how much football has had a psychology focus. Going into football seven years ago as an agent, it was a very different place to where it is now in terms of psychology, sports psychology, understanding the mindset of players and muscle memory even in terms of starting lineups and how to rotate, when to rotate, uh, how to analyze things. I think the game's gone a long way. I think the biggest uh, biggest improvement, the biggest change is still happening when we talk about creating coaching conditions for our players, how we provide the environment and problematic situations that are provoking them, pushing them to actively look for solutions and which factors are important for our players to, to actually stimulate them and stimulate their creativity and, uh, and decisions while facing problematic situations. We call it a problem solving. Problem solving is one of the fundamentals of, of cognition itself. And actually, it also provokes the coaching community to understand the difference between the intelligence and the intellect. So mostly, I don't know how many years exactly, but a few years back, most of us have been working on the prepared scenarios that had a one certain solution. Like uh, we were mostly focused on reproducing and recreating the game situations. It's like, let's call it the scenarios while coaching the youth players, but also the professionals. So the percentage of uh, this this gap, let's call it a freedom for creativity, 
have been very limited because we were expecting some specific effects from our players. We were working on isolated drills, we were uh, reproducing the, the tactical structure uh, scenarios, high pressing, middle pressing, uh, the role of the opponent was quite limited, so we wanted to, to limit the margin of mistake with, with, with our trainings. But then the, 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 the game conditions, the real match, have been a quite disappointing uh, verification of, of this process. So now it has changed. Now we see that if, if, if players don't have space to make mistakes, to, to think, then we are taking from them a chance to be creative players, to, to express themselves, to create the game. So in my opinion, the quality of the players is in how they create the game not how they react to it necessarily. Of course, it's also important to anticipate, to, to create conditions for yourself to, to react for your opponent's movements and, and actions. But actually, when there is a moment when you have the ball, it's, it's up to the individual and the teammates around and the opponent and space. And if the player is not aware of this, if it's in his, in his head is one specific scenario that, okay, the coach told me that in this specific moment I have to do and this, this and that, well, then, then we all know that uh, it's, it's going to be verified sooner or later during during the game. And if it's being verified by the opponent, then what then? If your players are not are not there, are not prepared to to create something new. So this is the biggest change. We started to understand that our players needs to have freedom, and we, sometimes we need to let them make the mistakes on the training, so we can actually make our steps forward. And uh, we, we call it now the, the quality to understand the game, the game understanding, the football intelligence, and it has changed. The, the, the culture of our coaching, the way that we create coaching conditions for the players, it has changed the most. And this is the very big and very important step forward to actually improve our coaching culture and to let our players learn through the experience through experimenting with, with the environment and then eventually they will notice that we are giving them the tools to create the game. We are not telling them only what to do, but how to do it, how to play football. So in this point, I always recall the Xavi's words said that in, in Barcelona, they are studying, they are learning to think how to play football, to play without thinking. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's the essence of active uh, development of intelligent players. Yeah. How willing are players to accept the changes that you ask them to make or what you're showing to them? A lot of players, for example, have made what they've made of themselves using instincts and just the way they react but when you bring in coaching to that you're asking him to consciously do something different so so i'm just wondering are, are players very accepting of what you're coaching to them or is there a bit of disagreement there do they perhaps feel that it's it's impeding their ability to play well actually we, we don't usually have this type of uh, dilemma. Okay. The, the thing that we know as a coaches and the, the way we talk about it as a coaches is a different culture of communication when it comes to the players. So basically, 
the person touch is, is quite different. The players need to experience and practice and coaches need to think more uh, for them. Why? Maybe not for them. We, we need to think for ourselves to, to always remember to provide them with the proper environment and the context. Yeah. To them, the, the players, they, they are more in a very bigger percentage to learn through experiencing something and to meet the conditions, to meet the coaching goal, and then learning, okay, it works. Uh, I, I saw it, yeah, it is happening. Now, evaluation process is also very important to, to record, to analyze the training. So basically, we need to meet the both ends, like the coaching conditions, game conditions. They need to be equal. And also, usually, when uh, it gives us the space to balance, because sometimes your opposition is different, intensity of your opponent is different, intensity that we can create on the training sometimes is a little bit different so we need to manage the, the size of the space of the training pitch and the, the number of the players but mainly the goal and our identity needs to stay the same so actually there is no dissonance be, be, between what happens on the training and what's exactly happening during the game this is very important so we we need to use the uh, let's call it a TEA process. The, the first is teaching, giving the information, evaluation of the, of the game, giving the theo theoretical knowledge. This is T. E is the experience. We need to put it into the action. We need to recognize it. We need to feel it, experience it through the actions. But it's also very important to adapt. This is the A, to adapt everything with the proper intensity. And then... Why there should be a discussions with, with the players? This is the football. This is something we we see, we, we touch with our hands, with our feet. This is what's uh, what's happening. If, if you want to make progressions, you you need to face the problem solving situations. But I personally recognize it very useful the, what we call the guided guided discovery or guided exploration, guided discovery. It means together with the players, we are going into the same direction, experiencing it together with them. So they are not only learning, improving, by the way, I'm reproducing the coaches' uh, commands. We are going through it together. And that, that's important as well. Yeah. One thing I wanted to focus on is obviously you've had quite a few internships in, within the industry before you got your job at Aral. Uh, number of different clubs, some in Poland, some with uh, Maritimo, I believe. How much do you learn from these people in the industry? How does looking at different cultures' insights help develop the way you see sport? And should someone looking to get into the sport pursue these internships? Because a lot of people sometimes look and say, well, I don't want to be working for free or I don't want to be going on an internship. I want to go into, into sports. I know you've taken a very long route into the game and now hopefully it's going to be the first of many years where there are in the industry in general how how would you go about getting a job in football and how much do you learn from the different cultures you you meet during internship well actually it's very important to to keep in mind that it doesn't necessarily matter which uh, background are you from because it's it's not the solution to reproduce other people's solutions and uh, the conditions to reproduce them on, on your own background. And I mean, if I'm in Pol if I'm Polish and I'm from Pol 
uh, I have an episode for working in, I don't know, let's call it France or Portugal, then it means, okay, when I come back to Poland, I will do exactly the same things. And I will say now in Poland, we are working like they work in Portugal. No, it will never happen. We, we should always consider our own identity and then put some specific details to work uh, and to change, to improve a little bit step-by-step my own environment, but maintaining the identity, maintaining something that is very specific and unique because it's um, the coaching. We work, first of all, we work with people, right? And since we work with the people, we should consider uh, the social aspects and and etc. So it's very important to to get this experience, to learn, to to grow, but always to benefit with the with the deeper idea that okay, in the future this this experience in the future this can bring us more benefit for us all. So. It's not about changing yourself 100%, but rather learning and growing thanks to the experience of, from the other cultures. And that's how you can create the value for, for, for yourself. Of course, I, I also have to do a lot of free work. Even these days, I still keep posting my, my work to, to help others. It, it helps me also to, to learn for, for myself because I always gain some interesting feedback from the people and that's what is beautiful in football in my opinion you know that actually you you face your ideas with, with others and that's what helps you to grow right yep um so like i was just wondering how much of your job changes throughout your career as you've changed for example the teams that you're working with because every coach would have a a different idea of what he wants to do with the team. Does your job then stay the same or do you have to change it up? Oh, the, the, the role of the assistant coach or role of the analyst is always to operate with the tools that you have and being able to, to adapt yourself to other coaches and other ideas. So actually we need to be very changeable, fluid, like having, an, uh, having the ability to, to adapt. Every coach is different, just as you said. Some people, more or less, they work closely to each other, but mostly we need to adapt and we need to provide them with what we have the best. We need to provide them with our different perspective because the analysis is all about to, to to change the perspective. We need to always help them to evaluate our process, but we need to maintain the proper direction. We need to speak the same language in front of the local room, and we need to look in the same direction together to, to create some kind of synergy of our work. So I had to change, but it's, it's only for my benefit because I learn, I improve, I change. Together with them, I take my steps forward to, to be a better for the future. Um, I've got a question. Um, for those who are listening and haven't taken a deep dive into this, Poland's got a very exciting young group of players coming through the ranks at the moment. And I want to talk to you, has anything really changed in the last 10 years in Poland when it comes to coaching? I'm super excited about a couple of your guys coming through the ranks. And I just wanted to see whether it's from your intel or whether assessing the players or whatever it is, what has Poland done to change the way 
they're bringing through players? Hmm. This is not the easy issue, but uh, with 100 being 100% sure, I can say I can tell you that it's it's changed. We we also make our own steps forward, uh, but I think the most important in that is to believe in in the long trust, to to be a little bit more patient. Because uh, mostly when we evaluate specific countries' quality and culture of football, we look at the first national. At the moment, everyone says Polish uh, first men's national team definitely can do better. But but as you as you mentioned, we have more and more players going to the foreign leagues. They, they create their own value. They are being also a very strong support for, for the national team. Yeah. But it's, you know, that uh, if we are co being consequent and if we believe in, in our process and in our identity, we can also make our own value on the national stage, international stage of, uh, of football. And we should uh, have it in mind to not only complain, but actually to, to give the feedback to ourselves and to maintain what are we doing and where exactly we want to go uh, with our with our own specific football idea. Okay. I mean, final question from my end. No question more than yeah, just saying something. I, I know you've got a uh, a book coming on. Uh, I think you've only written it in Polish right now. Am I correct in that? No, oh, no, my my ebook is already been translated in ten different languages. <laughs> yeah, and it's in ten different languages already, and still coming. Fantastic. We have a Romanian version, Russian, Portuguese, Japanese, and also now it's on the way with the Turkish language, with the Vietnam, Indonesia, Hungary. So a lot of people are supporting this idea, are creating this, what I like to call the mindfulness community. And it's amazing that we are able to share the, the knowledge throughout the world. So yeah, now it's five, six languages are being done. Yeah. Uh, and five more are under the, the translation coming up. So like, do you, do you want to run um, anyone who's going to be listening to this podcast, do you want to run them through a bit about your book? Oh, I would be happy if you can attach the link, if if everyone can get to it and make their own ideas. Yeah, of course, yeah. This is basically translation of my UFIA thesis. The biggest advantage is that this project is partially supported by the interviews with 15 football coaches from the best clubs and academies from around the world. So it's the main idea is to introduce the cognitive processes and their impact on the quality of coaching in in football. So how to develop intelligent players and how to simulate and stimulate the development of intelligence in the game during football coaching. So what is the role of analysis in this process as well? So my idea was to create uh, the material about the proper interpretation of perception, understanding and decision-making process of football players during the game. So I think it's everything that is the best in my job. What stays behind the, this visual effects that you can watch on the internet, my video analysis, what is behind them is actually inside of this video. That's quite fantastic. Um, I'd be looking forward to reading that. 
Um, I was just wondering, when you talk about developing players, how important is it to develop players at a young age? And is there an age limit to which perhaps they're diminishing returns of trying to focus on basically altering the mental state of players? Basically, you are asking about the, the influence of the age. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I think the main point that we need to consider in that is basically a role of habits. Yeah. Every player more or less is dealing with some kind of uh, motoric, uh, mental habits, and uh, everything then, when the, when the player is getting older and more experienced, sometimes it's, the brain can recognize what is already known as more attractive because the known is usually coming in the first stage, mostly when when player is, is, is tired. When I'm getting tired and uh, the, the mental fatigue is increasing, also it's, it's up to us as a people. When I'm coming back home after the work, the, the way that I want to rest, the, the most thing that I'm doing is usually making something that is no. I'm getting the, my favorite book, I'm watching my favorite TV series, because then this is my habit, this is what, I, what is known, this is what is comfortable, okay? So when we play football, something is getting wrong, I'm getting tired, I'm, I'm using my habits to create my game, the, 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 the way that is known. But I think we can agree that sometimes habits are not working with the same efficiency under the every circumstances. So actually the analysis, the consultations, the individual work can extend the time of my aware presence in, in, in during the football match. And actually step by step it will also become the habit, yeah. but habit that we created consciously, not the habit that have been created through the some specific period of unconscious trainings or replication of, of some, some some scenario. No, this is actually I can I will create a habit for myself to scan the game and to and to decide basing on the perceived uh, situation. And uh, then we can extend this time to actually uh, be more be, be, be the time with the better quality of, of my decision making. So if the player is getting older, it's not so flexible to to adapt to the new things because sometimes I situate myself as a football player basing on something that uh, that is very characteristic for me. And then I'm gonna do it because it's it's me. I'm, I'm, I'm the player who is making this type of plays. Even if everyone knows that, even if I'm not very effective anymore, I'm still going to do it. But no, no, no. If we want to improve, if we want to create better quality of, of, of your decision making, of your tactical adaptation to the game, we, you, you need to know how can you do it. And usually it's all about if you don't see, you will not use the information that you don't see. So you are limiting yourself. Yeah. Taking, you are taking out the options taking away the options from yourself when when you are not uh, aware of what's happening around you. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to take you back to the conversation we were having right at the start of um, 
the way you've sort of changed your approach towards players and how you were talking about, you know, you want to change the way they they sort of think about football rather than reacting, which of course is important. You want them to be able to create the, the way they play on the pitch. I was just wondering, how do you strike that balance? How do you decide how much you want to focus on your team itself and how much you want to focus on analyzing the opposition and sort of making your players take advantage of of, of the way the opposition plays. So so base, basically, I'm just, just wondering, like, for example, your team, FCRO, when, when you're facing another team, for example, in your next match, how much attention do you pay to FCRO and how much attention would you pay to the team that you're going to be facing? I cannot answer directly basing on the FCRO uh, example because it's, uh, so we yeah, no, use um, basing on my previous experiences because not much thing, not many things changed. We mostly uh, management of this balance is very important because uh, we need to understand the role of loading and overloading of, of information, right? So basically, the main yeah. what I call the number one rule is always do as much as it's need to do, but, ne- but never do more than what is necessary. And I think it's a very, very interesting rule. Always yeah. do as much as it's possible, but never more than it's necessary. There, we can also mention the motivational and mental aspects of analysis. Sometimes if, if we are working together, we are the players and, and our coach, we play against, I don't know, Real Madrid. And our coach will, on the analysis, we will watch only how good Real Madrid is, what will be our approach for, for this game, right? We, we're going to be afraid. We will think, oh my God, maybe we should just stay in the locker room because we already know how the game is going to work. Yeah. No, actually, you need to know as much as is necessary to be prepared, but also to know your, your value and how to recognize the opportunities to, to expose. Uh, your strengths and how to exploit your skills to the max to get from the game. What is the goal? Which is basically score one goal more than your one. So actually, we analyze being prepared on who exactly our opponent is, but we never change our identity 100% for a specific opponent. This, this is our opponent? Okay. We will maintain the spine, the backbone of what is the best with us, but we will a little bit manage with the group and individual principles to be able to, to fluently manage the process of the game and to react to the strengths of, of opposition, but also being able to make a transition and to ex- express what is the best with us to, to, to play. Mostly, I can say it's when we analyze the opposition, we don't really want to change our collective tactical principles, but we are working on management of group and individual principles to at the same time remain who you are and how you want to play but use the smaller details the smaller processes to to nivelate to play against uh, what is the best of your opponent and then uh, of course only being verified by the game but mostly i think it's it's the most important aspect so if I can sum up this, it's like maintain your identity and how you want to play, but 
in the smaller details, be prepared to react on what's the best within your opponent's play. Yeah. Um, so like just one final question, if I may, before I let you go. Everything you've talked about and what your focus is in football, the cognitive ability of players and and how to develop them more in that way. It's a very niche subject, if I may say so. It's something very unique, different. What brought your attention to focus on that specifically? It was just the practice. Uh, more, no, I want to know more. What is what made this player so good? Uh, I want to see more. I want to learn more all the time. This is this is the only answer I had on this. I always want to know more, and I want to be better every day to get to know what is exactly this thing we call football. Just we we see the trends are changing. The football is getting more and more the dynamic game. We you know we had uh, uh, many teams playing with a very high intensity. It's not the same as it used to be five or ten years ago, even even two years ago, I think. Yeah. But we have we are still the same people, and the players are more or less pushed to adapt to these changeable conditions. What is making them to, to be able to do? What separates the good players from the best players? If we have the similar, more or less the same bodies, so it means our brains are need to be faster, more able to adapt. So, okay, then how to do it? Okay, then how, how can we, how, how actually can we define this, this brain of football? What creates the brain of football? What what exactly what it exactly is what is decision making if more most of the professional players will tell you that it's all about the gut feeling the gut intelligence that there's something that's happening so fast but no i I don't think when i play the thinking is happening when i play okay and to do it we need to spend really a lot of time to work with it in this specific condition because I cannot be a coach and stand on the, the sideline and shouting to my players think, think, think okay, but hey, well, what, what do you mean think? I'm thinking, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking you're an idiot so, you know, this is this is actually the very big challenge of coaching and uh, that's why we need to bring this thinking brain to, to the training ground so this is uh, the process that demands change of the culture quite radically, I, I think. I'm talking from my perspective, of course. And we, if, if, if we talk about the, the, my background of Poland, we need to introduce the radical changes. Yeah. Uh, so like, I just want to really thank you so much for your time. Uh, it, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, and I think it was a, a very insightful conversation. Thank you. It was my pleasure, I think. Um, Sorry, man. I would like to say more about some of these things, but I think I gained the limit of my language, <laughs> language abilities. And uh, of course, I think it's the one very last and most important thing is that we need to confront all of it with the practice. We need to experience it. The, the talking about it, the anal- only doing analysis, is, is, is not enough. We need to put it all, and we need to place it all in the context. Yep. And best of luck today. I know you've got a game tonight, so fingers crossed uh, you guys get the win tonight. Thank you. It was my, my, my pleasure. And uh, thank you for, for supporting me so far. 
let's let's stay in touch if, if there will be another opportunity soon to to talk absolutely we are facing step by step we are going to the mid-season break so i hope for uh, some some sometime there will be a uh, more opportunities to to find them yeah absolutely fantastic thank right, thank you so much for your time Samit. Thank you, guys. Take stay, please take care and stay, stay safe. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. And thank you to everyone that tuned into this podcast. If you want to read Slavic's book, there should be a link to download it in the episode description. If you want to listen to any of our older episodes, you can visit trappedoffside.com. And if you have any feedback, you can send us a message on Twitter at trappedoffpod, or you can send us an email at trappedoffsidepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and goodbye.